I'm usually down there somewhere. Uh, I, I like to think of it like this. I'm not even in the bullpen. I'm the guy that comes in to the bullpen when the starting pitcher gets Tommy Johns. <laughs> that good? I don't know. Um, okay. So my dad asked me, uh, talked me into, prodded me, pushed me. Uh, for probably a couple of years now to get up here and, and preach. I, I helped him with Father's Day last year. Or was that? Yeah, that was last year. Wow. And uh, he said, it's time for you to do something else on your own. And uh, this, is, this is an experience, let me tell you. First service was, I think it got some of the butterflies out. But um, I'm looking forward to speaking to you guys today. Uh, we're going to be looking at a story in the Bible um, that many of you have probably read before or at least heard of. And uh, it's in Acts 8. We're going to be talking about the Ethiopian eunuch. Um, the title of the lesson is, When There's a Bump in the Road. And uh, we've been going through this U-turn series and talking about how we're on a road, okay? You're on one of two roads. I, I love the picture. You know, there's two different roads that you can be on. And uh, there's a narrow road, there's a wide road, like we hear in, uh, from Jesus. And there's U-turns. There's also bumps in the road. You know, have you guys ever drove over a, uh, a speed bump too fast? <laughs> I was talking to the first service. Whenever I did it, whenever me and Nicole were dating, she went to the Lindenwood University. And they have some of the highest speed bumps, like the, the tallest speed bumps I've ever seen. My Cabrio, Volkswagen, used to bottom out on some of them if I went too fast. Um, so she'd always be like, let her break, let her break, let her break. You know, I was, it, was, it was bad. But um, potholes, you know, there's all kinds of things in the road that can mess us up when we're driving. You know, there's all kinds of things that we want to avoid. Um, but in life, there's also there's road bumps, there's speed bumps, there's potholes, there's things that happen in our life that we have no control over. They just happen to be in the way. They happen to be a part of the road we're on. And uh, so today we're going to look at Acts 8. I'm hoping to look at it in a different way than maybe you're used to. Um, let's go ahead and read it together. We're going to read uh, verse 26 through 40. Okay. An angel of the Lord said to Philip, Get ready and go south to the road that leads down to Gaza from Jerusalem, the desert road. So Philip got ready and went. On the road he saw a man from Ethiopia, a eunuch. He was an important officer in the service of Candace, the queen of the Ethiopians. He was responsible for taking care of her money. He had gone to Jerusalem to worship. Now, as he was on his way home... He was sitting in his chariot reading the book of Isaiah the prophet. The spirit said to Philip, go to that chariot and stay near it. So when Philip ran toward the chariot, he heard the man reading from Isaiah the prophet. Philip asked, do you know what you're reading? He answered, how can I unless someone explains it to me? Then he invited Philip to climb in and sit with him. The portion of scripture he was reading was this. He was like a sheep being led to be killed. He was quiet, as a lamb is quiet before its wool is being cut. He never opened his mouth. He was shamed and was treated unfairly. He died without children to continue his family. His life on earth was ended. The officer said to Philip, Please tell me, who is the prophet talking about, himself or someone else? Philip began to speak, and starting with that very scripture, he told the man the good news about Jesus. While they were traveling down the road, they came to some water. The officer said, Look, here's water. What is stopping me from being baptized? 
Philip answered, If you believe with your heart, you can. The officer said, I believe that Jesus Christ is the Son of God. Then the officer commanded the chariot to stop. Both Philip and the officer went down into the water, and Philip baptized him. When they came up out of the water, the Spirit of the Lord took Philip away. The officer never saw him again, and the officer continued on his way home, full of joy. But Philip appeared in Azotus and preached the good news there. And guys, this, this passage, um, first off, if, if you don't know what a eunuch is, um, I, I'd encourage you to Google it, but it's basically, <laughs> it's basically a man who does not have his manhood. I'll say it that way. And in this case, he's used in a way uh, with the queen. And he's, he's taking care of her money. And they do that a lot of times. They'll either ask somebody who's already a eunuch or they'll turn someone who's not into one. And uh, they'll, they're usually that way because they don't want the seed to be tainted. You know, for, for somehow that to be uh, the case. So this guy who in a lot of ways would not be considered a man. You know, his man has been taken from him. He's he's going and he's traveling and he's and he's going to worship God and, and in a place at that time men like him were not even allowed in the temple. They were not even allowed to worship with the family of God. And guys, there's a ton here uh but what I want to look at today is how can I make my faith unshakable? You know, like I was talking about with uh, with road bumps and speed bumps, there's going to be things in our life, there's going to be things that happen um, that are going to shake our faith, that are going to disrupt us, that are going to mess with us. Um, Satan's notorious for trying to find ways to poke at us, maybe in our weakness, or maybe that's something that tempts us in a different way. And, guys, we've got to make sure we're unshakable. Because whenever I read about the Ethiopian, I see a man who's unshakable. I see a man who who could have been shaken by something, but decides to remain faithful and do what God called him to do. So let's, uh, let's start off. Um, the first thing we can do, my faith will be unshakable when I stay humble. That is the very first thing, guys. If you think your faith is unshakable, then you must be humble. And most of the time, me and Richard have had talks like this before, but whenever I think I'm being humble, I'm probably not being very humble. <laughs> We've talked about that. And uh, there, humility is such a, a great asset because you're able to learn what God's trying to say to you. I don't know what it is, but for some reason, a lot of my best friends, I, I seem to attract arrogant, prideful men. <laughs> I don't know. That sounds really weird. But... For some reason, like when I look through my high school, like and through college, even like there, there were a lot of my best friends were really arrogant and had trouble with pride, and had trouble with letting people tell them what they needed to hear, and had trouble with with learning and t- and being teachable. And uh, as I look at all those friends that I had, a lot of them aren't here today because they wouldn't let God speak into their life. They wouldn't let God use people in their life. Um, I, I actually had a conversation with a young man here recently, and he's been going through a lot of temptation, a lot of uh, just adversity, just different things in his life that are just just have a stronghold on him. You know, just different struggles, different uh, temptations. And um, one of the things I told him was, you got to let people in. you got to let people talk to you. Um, I said, man, you do great when you know I'm coming to you. 
Whenever you know we're going to sit down and we're going to have a conversation and I'm going to talk to you, you know I'm going to say something hard, it's great. But in the moment, it's not so great. And what I see, again, from the Ethiopian guys, he is humble. In uh, verse 31, it says, How can I understand unless someone explains it to me? Then he invited Philip to climb in and sit with him. And a lot of times we like to focus on him asking the question. But here I notice Philip gets invited into the chariot. The Ethiopian invites him into the chariot, into his life. He says, be, be a part of my life. And then he asks some questions. He says, please tell me who is the prophet talking about, himself or someone else? Hey guys, I just got to ask you, are you humble? Do you invite people into your life? Are you teachable? Or do you think you already know? I mean, like this passage we've all heard, a lot of us have heard several times. Are you going to tune me out? Because it's Acts 8 and you've heard it before? Or is God going to be able to speak today? And are you going to be able to hear Him? In Proverbs chapter 15, verse 33, it says, Respect for the Lord will teach you wisdom. If you want to be honored, you must be humble. That's pretty straightforward. If I respect the Lord, if I'm humble, I'll be able to be taught. I'll be taught something. I won't miss what God's trying to teach me. But whenever I'm arrogant, it goes over my head. I miss opportunities to learn. I miss opportunities to serve. I thought this verse was interesting. In Daniel chapter 4, King Nebuchadnezzar's talking. And if you know anything about uh, the stories in Daniel, there's, you know, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. There's Daniel and Lions Den. These are guys that stood up to to King Nebuchadnezzar and said, We're not going to bow down to your idol. We're going to worship our God. And this is what he says after all this is happening. He says, Now I, Nebuchadnezzar, give praise and honor and glory to the King of Heaven. Everything he does is right and fair. And he is able to make proud people humble. And I'm just like, man, he never would have seen that if those guys would have been arrogant. They would have said, hey, I'm a Christian. And I serve a God that's way better than your God. And you should just follow him. That's how it is. You know, and, and, and that wouldn't have worked, guys. Because they were humble, because they, they served a God that was greater than themselves and decided to forget themselves, God was able to be seen. And his opinion of Christians and his opinion of this God, our God, changed because of humility. So what's your attitude when learning? Are you humble? Are you teachable? Or do you think you already know? Do you think you got to figure it out? Have you already... Oh, I've heard these verses a thousand times. I'm, I'm pretty sure I got it by now. Guys, I, I, I read this passage, and I have read this probably a thousand times, and I learned something different. And, and maybe it's because I'm in a different part of my life now. Guys, I'm, I'm married. I've got another kid on the way. I'm going to have two kids. For the first time this week, I said the word children. And I was like, whoa. That word's longer, and it means something totally different. So I am nervous, and, and we don't know. We don't know boy, girl. I, healthy is what we're looking for. And uh, we know God's going to bless us. And, but guys, we read these verses and we may think we already know, but guys, God wants to say something to you today. And I hope you can hear something through me, through my jumbled mess, uh, that God can speak. Um, the second thing that we can do, guys, my, my faith will be unshakable when I choose to be a student. 
because not only is the eunuch humble, he has that attitude. He wants to learn, but he's also a student. And they kind of go hand in hand. If you're not humble, you're not going to be a student. You're not going to learn anything. Like I said before, you're, you're totally going to miss what God's trying to say. Um, in verse uh, 27 to 28 of Acts 8, it says, He had gone to Jerusalem to worship. He's already seeking, guys. He's already looking for God. Now, as he was on his way home, he was sitting in his chariot reading from the book of Isaiah the prophet. And then in verse 30, as Philip was walking up, he says, He heard the man reading from Isaiah the prophet. And guys, he's, he's already seeking. He's already doing it. Guys, there would have been no chance for the, for the Ethiopian if he wouldn't have been humble and if he wouldn't have been a student to begin with. But those things were already in him. Philip didn't have to teach him. Philip didn't have to say, be a student. Philip didn't have to say, be humble. You know, it, it didn't have to have to happen because he was already that way. Um, and honestly, can, can we just kind of take, take a step back for a second? I'm probably the worst person to talk about being a good student. Richard already knows what I'm going to say. Uh, I took Calc 2 three times. Well, the one that we took together, because he passed the first time. (laughs) The one we took together, uh, we had two exams, and the scores combined did not equal 100. So I I wasn't a good student. I'm still not at at times. I'm, I'm just not. And this is a weakness of mine. And I know if I'm not going to be a good student, how am I going to learn from God? How am I going to learn from whatever He's wanting to say to me? Guys, there's moments in my life that there's teaching moments, these, these road bumps, these potholes. Um, and I don't know if you're going through a pothole this morning. You may be. Maybe there's something right now you're just like, I don't know how I'm going to get out of this. Because I'm telling you, there's something God's wanting to teach you. I don't think He plans potholes in our life. I don't think He planned for me and Nicole to have a miscarriage years ago but I believe he plans to help us learn something and to teach us something through those moments Um, in Psalms 119 verse 5 this is David talking and he's the man after God's own heart he says I think about your orders and study your ways guys when's the last time you just sat down and, and thought about what God has to say when was the last time you meditated on it just and study it and think about it in James chapter 1, uh, this is another verse, guys, that really hits me hard. Uh, verse 25, it says, The truly happy people are those who carefully study God's perfect law that makes people free, and they continue to study it. They do not forget what they heard, but they obey what God's teachings say. Those who do this will be made happy. And the part that hit me right here was they continue to study it. Are you still studying? Guys, whenever I became a Christian, I, I dove into deep convictions. And that was not easy for those of you that know that have gone through it. It can be kind of dry. But I studied it. I don't, I don't study like that anymore. I don't. And guys, I, 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 is it going to take a study that you're in with somebody else for you to actually get in the Bible? Is it going to take getting to the Word study or talking about the Word and looking at the Word to realize, oh my, I'm not in my Word? <laughs> I mean, guys, come on. We, gotta, we have to be students. That's, that's, that's like square one. That's obvious. So my question is, are you a student? 
And the thing about students, and the reason that I was not a good student in college was because students study outside the classroom. <laughs> they don't sit in Starbucks, listen to music, and sip on coffee all day. They, they study their, <laughs> their classes. And guys, if we want to be true students, we've got to study outside here. We've got to study outside our discipleship groups. Are you with me? They don't wait for a teacher to hold their hand. They don't wait for for somebody else to tell them. Um, the next thing we can do, guys, uh, my faith will be unshakable when I obey God's word. If you haven't figured it out yet, my lessons are super simple. And uh, I, I like them that way because I think it's good for us to be reminded of what we need to be doing. In verse 36, it says, look, here is water. This is the Ethiopian talking. What is stopping me from being baptized? And then 38, both Philip and the officer went down to the water and Philip baptized him. So the Ethiopian was humble. That's the first thing. If he wasn't humble, it never would have happened. If he wouldn't have been a student, he never would have read the word and known what it said. Now he's not just doing that. He's going to the next degree and saying... I'm not just going to listen to what you have to say, God. I'm not just going to hear it. I'm going to do something about it. I'm going to take action. In Romans chapter 2, I'll start in verse 13. Um, It says, uh, Hearing the law does not make people right with God. Hmm. It is those who obey the law who will be made right with Him. If that ain't straight up and down, I don't know what is, guys. I mean, you can come to church every Sunday, and I'm, it's, it's awesome to see everybody here. Okay, I've known a lot of you for a really long time. Okay, I've been here since before, you know. And it's awesome to see some of you guys still in the seats, but where's your heart? Are you doing what God says, or are you just hearing it? Um, later in the chapter, uh, Paul starts talking again. He says, what about you? You call yourself a Jew. You trust in the law of Moses, brag that you are close to God. You know what he wants you to do and what is important because you have learned the law. You think that you are a guide for the blind and a light for those who are in darkness. You think that you show foolish people what is right and teach those who know nothing. You have the law, so you think you know everything and have all truth. You teach others, so why don't you teach yourself? You teach others not to steal, but you steal. You say to others that they must not take part in adultery, but you are guilty of that sin. You hate idols, but you steal from temples. You brag about having God's law, but you bring shame to God by breaking His law. Just as the Scripture says, those who are not Jews speak against God's name because of you. If you follow the law, your circumcision has meaning. But if you break the law, it's as if you never got circumcised. Guys, what what are we doing? Are we going to obey? If we're not obeying what we know God says, first of all, you got to know what God says. I've already said that. But if you don't know what God says, how can you obey it? And if you do know it and you don't obey it, it's as if your commitment to Christ it didn't even happen. And guys, sometimes we forget and we settle for mediocrity. We settle for just being here. I think Pat Honey posted something on Facebook. Is he even in here? 
He's up there. Duh. Uh, <laughs> he posted something on Facebook, and I didn't get to listen to all of it. Um, but it was Francis Chan, and he's talking about this issue and talking about how we settle. And we, we're just okay with being where we're at. And I, I saw a meme. It, it's a picture with words on it. That's all it is. I, I, I saw it on Facebook. Somebody posted, I don't know who it was. But it said, it, it was a picture of a tree, and it said, If you don't like where you are, move. You're not a tree. And sometimes I forget. I, I mean, it's, it's, it's simple. But I'm like, sometimes I forget. I, I'm, if I'm where I'm at, I must be okay with it. I must be happy with what I have. And if I'm not, I can move. I can move forward. I can move toward what God wants. Guys, knowledge without application is just a big waste of time. Like I said, I grew up with a bunch of guys in the team ministry. Um, we used to kill the, the uh, adults in Battle of the Brains, like every year. It was insane. We, we were like, you know, we knew, we knew about everything you could think of. And... A lot of those guys aren't here now. And I look back and I'm like, you know, all that knowledge was great, but they didn't do anything with their life. They just, it was just knowledge. It was just facts. It was just what was made on what day. You know what I'm saying? It's it's just, it's good knowledge to have, but what's it going to do for your life? Are we going to obey, guys? How how obedient to God's word are you? You know, in, in Matthew chapter 28... Verse 20, it says, Teach them to obey everything that I have taught you, and I will be with you always, even until the end of the age. And guys, that's what, that's what we're here for. You know, I, I was joking in the first service. Um, well, not really joking. <laughs> I didn't want to be up here. <laughs> and uh, I, I was nervous. My, my dad, like I said, he's been talking to me for probably a couple of years to get up here and, to, and, and pushing me and saying, you know, it's, you should do it. And it's not because I'm his son. It's not because I'm, my last name is Gil. It's because I'm a disciple. And I've, I've been taking, been trying to figure out and, and apply that to my life and realize it's not even in, the, in, in this arena. It's like in my life, I do things because I'm a disciple, not because my last name is Gill or because my name is Nathan Gill. You know, whatever, like whatever you can put on it. Like we should be out there being disciples. We should be obeying, not because somebody tells us to, not because we're in a classroom. Not because our discipleship group meets every week and they tell us, hey, we've got to do this, and, we, and so we do it. It's because we're a disciple. Because the Ethiopian, from what I gather from this passage, the Ethiopian was going to do this without Philip or with him. It didn't matter. His faith was, was rock hard. And guys, that kind of leads me to my last point. My faith will be unshakable when I remain faithful. Guys, this last point is never going to happen if the first three don't. They, they're like dominoes. If you're not humble, you're never going to be a student. If you're not going to be a student, you're, just, you're, you're not going to obey. And if you don't obey, how, how are you ever going to be faithful? How is your faith ever going to stand? In verse 39, it says, When they came up out of the water, the Spirit of the Lord took Philip away. The officer never saw him again. And the officer continued on his way home full of joy. I never noticed that part. 
I mean, I, I knew he got taken away, but I never noticed. He never saw him again. Never. And guys, I started thinking about the culture of Greater Alton. And I started thinking about some of the relationships we have. And what would we do without them? What would you do if next week on Sunday you showed up and you're the only person at Greater Alton? It's kind of scary to think about. But guys, I mean, you look up the Ethiopian. His response was he continued on his way home full of joy. I've spent so many, I've spent so much time, guys, wasted on people that don't want God. People that have fallen away. And guys, this is the thing. Philip, he didn't leave God though, did he? He goes and preaches somewhere else. And guys, these are the potholes in my life. Okay, I'm I'm just trying to get real. Like these are the potholes. These are the these are the these are the speed bumps, guys. I like I said before, I've grown up at this church, and I've seen a lot of people come and go. I've seen a lot of faces, a lot of people I really cared about, a lot of people that I that I dreamt with, that I that I looked for the future and and, and was excited to see how God was going to use those people, and they're no longer here. And guys, there's also people in this room that I'm like, I, I still dream for, and I still, and I'm, but are you really here? What I notice about the Ethiopian is he doesn't throw in the towel. He doesn't say, oh, Philip's not here. I don't, I guess I don't have a disciple anymore. <sighs> I guess I'll, I, I guess I'll go to some other, I'll try to find some other disciple. No, he he says, God called me to this standard. God called me to this mission. And I'm going to do it with or without other people. Because it's what he called me to do. And guys, that's what I'm that that's my biggest worry right now with Greater Alton. Okay? And some people that know me really well that have uh, had a lot of conversations conversations with me recently have heard me get on this soapbox. Because I am, I'm, it's frustrating. Because I don't know, the guy's my dad, I don't know if I should bust you out like I did in the first service. He's going to be 60 next year. And he can't do this forever. Guys, there's, there's people in our church that have, that are cornerstones, okay? There's people that do everything. That can't do it forever. And it's going to take some some Ethiopians. And honestly, I think at this point of the story, you can no longer call him an Ethiopian. You should call him a Philip. Because that's what Philip did. Philip wasn't waiting on some... He, didn't, he, he waited for God to tell him what to do. He didn't wait on somebody else. And guys, Greater Alton needs people to become Philips. To become the men and women who are going to be looked to, that can, that can tackle problems, that can challenge people, and, and, and instead of bringing them to the elders and saying, hey, deal with this person, we're, 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 we are in life together and we're challenging each other. Like I said, this is my biggest, my biggest uh, speed bump in my life. And I don't know, I don't know what God has planned for me. You know, being up here makes me nervous. Like after I said my dad was 60, I was like, Hope I'm not, I don't know if I'm the guy or you want me up here? I don't know. But 
God's going to need somebody. Guys, if Greater Alton's going to be around, if, people, if God's going to be able to use Greater Alton, it's going to take some people stepping up. Um, there are three different kinds of people in this crowd that uh, I told this at the first service. There's three different kinds of people in the crowd um, when it comes to this verse. There are Ethiopians. You know, people that are searching for God don't don't have a relationship with God, but they're trying to find out who God is. You know, if that's you, that's awesome. Keep digging. Follow these things. Make sure you're a student. Make sure you're humble. Make sure you obey. Um, there's also the Phillips, like I was talking about. There's there's people that are contributing and they're trying to help people. They're trying to find the Ethiopians of the world and and help them become Christians and and help them make a commitment and help them find God. But there's also the ex Phillips. I don't. I didn't know what else to call it. It's the ex Philip that. Well, I used to be a Philip, but I'm more comfortable being an Ethiopian. I'd I'd much rather people give to me and and call me and chase me down, than to be burdened, and spend my gas money and and spend my time on people. And guys, this, it breaks my heart to know that that's, that's and, and that's probably the way it's always going to be. There's always going to be some. But guys, Greater Alton, it can't be the same 12 or 13 guys or men and women doing everything. That's how, that's how people get burnt out. It happens. <laughs> and I don't know how to say it nicely. I'll say this. My, my, a couple of weeks ago, my dad asked a question. And he asked, are you a consumer or are you a contributor? And I think a, a lot of people here need to reconsider their answer. And I think, I think we need to really look at that. What, what are we doing as a church? Are we, are we going to go after what God's put in front of us? Or are we just going to let it sit there? Guys, the Ethiopian... Philip's gone the moment they get out of the water. And he doesn't sit around and mope. He moves forward. He responds. He's still responding. That's what I noticed. He's still responding to what God has to say. He's still going after that mission. And guys, I hope, I hope we can be a church that does. Because I know if we do. Guys, if, if people start becoming like Philip, like the Ethiopian did, this, we're not going to know what to do with all the people here. Because we're going to be attracting people. They're not going to be arrogant people like me. That's not. Hopefully, we don't attract so much of them. But guys, hopefully, we can we can become more like Christ and become more like the Ethiopian and turn into Phillips and go after this mission. Guys, we we've we know what the mission is, but for some reason, we've settled. We've settled with just being the guy that drives the chariot. Because there probably is a third guy in the story that we don't know about, if you think about it. We're okay with being the guy that just is just there. And while they're studying the back, we just stay out of the way and let them do their thing. And guys, what role do you want to play? As God commands you to be a Philip, God, God calls us to reach the world. Guys, what are we going to do with that? Because our, our relationship with God is our, is our responsibility. That's what I noticed with, with Philip. He's not waiting. He's not going to lean on somebody else or wait for somebody else to tell him what to do. He's just going after it. 
And guys, uh, I got one more verse for you, and then I'll get out of the way. Um, John chapter 15, verse 4. It says, Remain in me, and I will remain in you. A branch cannot produce fruit alone, but must remain in the vine. In the same way, you cannot produce fruit alone, but must remain in me. And guys, I don't know where you're at this morning. I don't know if you're in a pothole, if you're about to hit a pothole, or if you've just gotten through some really bad speed bumps. But guys, God says if you remain in me, you're going to be okay. If you remain faithful. If you choose to do what God commands you to do, despite whatever's going on in your life. Guys, we all have reasons to quit, don't we? I have reasons to quit. (laughs) We all have a reason. But guys, are we going to just let God just hang out to dry? Or are we going to do something about what he's commanded us to do? And guys, I hope I hope this helps you. I, I I couldn't sleep all week. I was freaking out about being up here. So I, I don't know. I just hope that, guys, this morning you can take something from the eunuch and Philip in both their lives and, and try to find a way to apply what we've talked about, guys. Um, in your bulletin, there's a card. And... Uh, if you're like the campus ministry, you don't use that card. <laughs> but, um, <laughs> sorry. <laughs> but guys, that card's there for a reason. And uh, there's, I hope you'll, you'll take advantage of the things we have at Greater Alton. Guys, there's, there's a lot of things that, that we do. Um, different ways that we try to reach the world. Uh, this week I'm actually getting with SIUE, and we're doing our root beer riot as a part of their welcome week again. Uh, so we're really excited about that. But guys, there, there's opportunities all the time to reach the world. And guys, I hope you can use your welcome card. Um, maybe pray about people you're trying to reach out to. Pray about what point sticks out to you. You know, is it is it you're just not humble? Is it you've forgotten that you need to be a student? Are, are you just not a good student? Is it that you've uh, given up on obeying God's word? You think you can do it your own way? Or is there just a pothole right now that's keeping you from being unshakable? Um, I'm going to pray, and then the worship team will come up. Heavenly Father, uh, just thank you so much uh, for this opportunity, God. Um, I felt like you were speaking through me in a couple moments, and God, I just pray that uh, what was said won't be jumbled up by Nathan, but it'll be uh, clear and and easy to understand by you. And God, uh, God, I, I don't know, God, I just pray for some humility. God, I pray that we can, we can strive to be like the Ethiopian, God. We can, we can look potholes and, and, and we can look at speed bumps in the eye and we can move forward. We can move past it. God, there's, there's so much going on right now. God, I know, God, our young adult ministry is going through some speed bumps right now. God, uh, there's a lot of speed bumps, a lot of a lot of potholes, and God, I pray that you're with us, God. You you help us through those moments, God. That you can um, help us remain faithful, and uh, we pray this on Son's name. Amen.